is nothing more inspiring than a woman being unapologetically herself. The answers are all in your heart. She's waiting, she's waiting, she's waiting for you to set her free. Welcome to BU Podcast. I'm Jill Herman and I am so glad you're here. I was broke, insecure, and craved approval. But with grit, hustle, and sacrifice, I still built a successful multi-million dollar business. 10 years in, burnout, I slowed down and looked inward. In that silence, I discovered that the same level of success could have come to me with much less effort and so much more joy. That's when I threw out the expectations of the world and chose to unbecome every single thing I thought I was supposed to be. And the real me was uncaged. It was far from easy. And in this podcast, I'll offer my entire journey as a roadmap so that if you're ready, you can finally be you. Welcome back to BU Podcast. So before we get started, if you haven't seen my Instagram story, we are having a holiday giveaway. I love giving gifts. I love receiving gifts. Gifts are my love language. And so I was scrolling through the internet and I saw this jacket that I loved made by Spanx. And no, I don't get anything from the Spanx company for saying this, but I looked at it and I thought it was stylish and it looked comfortable. It had great reviews and it's called the never taking it off jacket. It's black. It's very cool. So I was thinking of a friend I could give this jacket to. And I thought, what if I give it to one of my new friends, one of the listeners of BU Podcast? Because if it weren't for you all, there would be no podcast. We're now in over 20 countries. Welcome, by the way, Philippines to the BU Collective. So anyway, listen to the very end of this episode and you'll find out how you can be entered into the drawing for this $175 badass jacket. All right. So we are talking today about mom guilt. And, you know, I've known for a while, I've known from the beginning that I was going to do an episode on guilt in general. I also knew that I would be talking about parenting. And this is just the perfect blend of the two because it's the biggest struggle and fear that we have as women, which is guilt. And then as parents, women who are parents, it's guilt about our parenting. And, you know, let me just first say, that calling it mom guilt is interesting to me. I call it that too. But using the word guilt implies already just in the name, just in using that languaging, we are implying that we're doing something wrong. So when we're talking about what we feel bad about, we've already decided that we have done something wrong. So maybe we can rename it for what it really is. Guilt in and of itself is implying that we've made mistakes. There are things that we need to change or apologize for that we have been tried and convicted. I want you to know that every mom feels this. I say on many episodes, but just again, I, I'm, I'm not really an expert, okay? I'm not a psychologist. I can't say every mom on earth, but I'm pretty sure every mom on earth at some point feels guilty about something. But really, I think most moms feel guilty about everything. And we feel guilty about everything all the time for multiple reasons, for every reason. We feel guilty about what has happened, what hasn't happened, what's happening, and what we think should happen in the future or what we're pretty sure won't happen in the future. It's like this constant sign up for abuse. 
every moment of the day. And then we talk about it with other moms, which feels a little bit like relief, but it's actually another form of punishment because we all feel it. There aren't very many moms that say what we're going to say today on this episode. Usually the moms are feeling the same thing. And so they're saying, I get it. I, I feel the same way. Let me share with you what I've done wrong or what I think I've done wrong or what I'm doing wrong or what I will do wrong. And there's nothing wrong with that. But it's not helping any of us. So as with every topic that we have covered on these episodes, the first step is just being aware and being honest about it. Let's just be real that we all feel this. You are not alone. You are not a bad mom. The fact that you even worry about whether or not you're a good mom means you're a good mom. But I believe that every mom's a good mom. Every mom is doing the best she can with the tools that she has in that moment, even if people in general would say probably not making great choices, even the moms that you say, okay, they're a different in a different category. They really are bad moms. I know that I'm really not a bad mom, but I'm telling myself I am because I'm choosing guilt. It's feeding something in us when we say that. But there are situations that all of us can point to where we say, okay, maybe I'm not that bad because look what she's doing. Even those women are doing the best they know how with the tools that they have, with the backgrounds that they have, with the stories and the lenses that they have, the filters, all of it. You've heard us talking in the episode on head trash. If you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to it. On the episode with Dr. Jen Christman, go back and listen to that. When we look at how our brain works and how fear works, you'll understand why even the moms that are making what appear to be the worst choices in parenting are still not bad moms. They're doing the best they know how. But we're talking about the average mom who is beating herself up right and left for things that if you would say it out loud, you know, to a room of a thousand people, 999.9% of those people would say, uh, okay, you need to get over that. So what are those things? Well, I believe that what we are stressing about and what we are feeling so bad about is first of all, not accepting what is. And by the way, I'm speaking to myself. Let me just tell you, if you haven't heard me say it before, I will say it now. I have been the queen of guilt. I have taken guilt baths multiple times a day for decades of my life. It's almost an addiction to guilt. I tell people I have always had a love affair and an addiction to guilt. And I'm aware of it and I've gotten a lot of help with it and I have really come so far, but I sure as hell am not exempt from this conversation. No way. All right. So what you and I are doing is is, is we are first and foremost believing the lie that things could be and should be different than what they are. The lie that things should have been and could have been different. That the reality of what is, is wrong. It should have been something else. So we've already sabotaged ourselves and set ourselves up to believe that what is happening and what has happened and what we think will or won't happen is wrong. It's not ideal. It should be different. So what I'm saying is looking through that filter, it doesn't matter the topic. It doesn't matter if we're talking about when our kid walked first or us not realizing our kid had dyslexia early enough to get the help that they needed whatever it is, it really doesn't matter because we're looking through the lens of things should have been different. 
things should be different. So it's already a distorted view. Let's just be real about that. Okay, secondly, when we look at our parenting, there is something we're getting from this story of, I'm not a good mom, I'm screwing things up, I've messed up my kids, it should have been different. There's something we're getting from that. We're going to dig into that in a little bit. But remember that we're feeding some sort of need that is subconscious in us. It's the whole blanky pacifier thing. When I talk about sucking the thumb or the blanky and pacifier, it feels good to us. And you might say, no, it does not. It feels like torture. Well, it feels like torture, but it hurts so good. So some of the memories I have in my parenting. So I'll tell you, my kids are, I have a blended family of five. And the kids who I birthed are now 22 just turned 19 and just turned 16. And then I also am grateful to also have a child who is turning 18 and turning 21. And I have guilt with them too. But the three that I've, I raised from birth, some of the memories I have that haunt me and, and tell me, and by the way, message me on Instagram and tell me when you can relate. I have a few people who have reached out just from the last episode, and they said, oh my gosh, you were literally speaking to me. I was crying. I love hearing that, and I need to hear that because then I know that I am on the right track with this message. But tell me if you can relate to this. Send me a message if you can relate to this. Not just feeling guilty. I think we all know we have that. But are there certain memories, certain things that you look back on with your kids that haunt you? You just keep replaying them in your mind. You keep signing up to hurt yourself over and over again with those memories because you want it to be different. Okay, I know it's not just me, but some of us, I'm raising my hand, do it more than other people because of our own stuff, right? Because of our own addiction to guilt, which comes from fear, which comes from not enough, et cetera. So I'll share with you a couple of mine, and I have many, but there are a couple that it's interesting because when I say it to you, you're going to go, really? That's what you feel guilty about? Dude, I can totally top that one. Well, I can too. But there's something significant about these memories. If you have a regret from your past parenting with your children, okay, like a specific incident or memory that keeps haunting you, what happened at that time means nothing. It is an indication for you and I to look inward and look deeper within ourselves. It's telling us something. So I could tell you worse things than what I'm going to share with you. But the thing I'm going to share with you that seems like not a big deal is the one that haunts me. My daughter doesn't even remember this. I actually brought it up with her and she was like, really? I don't even remember, mom. That's weird. Why do you care? So one of them is that my oldest daughter wanted to watch one of the Star Wars movies She was really into that kind of stuff, which I think is super cool for a young girl. And I encouraged it. I loved it. And she wanted to watch it with me. And I had things I wanted and needed to do. I was neurotic back then about having my kitchen clean. It's like I was felt so anxious inside and had so much chaos inside of me. I was doing no self-development because I didn't know what that was, that I tried to make everything around me perfect, right? And so I couldn't breathe until my kitchen was clean. I had to have it clean. And we had this white tile and I would literally scrub it by hand. I had a teeny tiny kitchen, so it didn't take too long. But I had to have that done, so I thought, for me to be able to just relax, right? And be able to get on with my day. And she wanted to watch this movie, but she wanted to watch it with her mama. I wasn't working that day. I totally could have done it. I knew that I wanted to clean the kitchen more than I wanted to watch the movie with her because I wouldn't be able to relax watching the movie if I knew the kitchen was dirty. 
So I sent her down there. I got took her down there. I got her all set up, turned the movie on. I even gave her a Sprite, which was very rare, and some popcorn. And I don't know how old she was. I wish I could remember. I would say she was like six or something like that. And I turned the movie on and I was up there cleaning the kitchen. And I kept thinking just a little more, just a little more. Almost done, almost done. And she would yell at mom, mama, come here, mama, it's a good part. And I would say, I'm coming. I'll be there just a little bit. I knew I wasn't going to be there a little bit. I kept cleaning. I kept cleaning. I kept thinking, oh, she'll get distracted. She'll get distracted. And finally, the kitchen was clean. I could breathe. I'm like, oh, I feel so good. Oh, I'm going to go down and watch the movie with her. I walk down there and she's grabbing her bowl and standing up and the credits are rolling. And I said, oh, I came down and watched the movie with you. And she said, mama, the movie's over. I waited this whole time for you and you never came. And she had the saddest look on her face. And I said, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And I didn't even know what to say. The truth is, I wanted to get the kitchen clean, and there's nothing wrong with that. I needed to get the kitchen clean for my own mental health. There's nothing wrong with that. But I didn't feel confident saying that to my own child. So I made apologies, and I basically jumped into that pool of guilt and took a swim right in front of her. That right there wasn't great parenting, right? I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to. I'll do it next time. I'll, 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 you know, and I I just fed that and encouraged her to be disappointed and upset. So she is now 22 years old. And if I ever think of my parenting or talk about parenting, that's something that haunts me. And again, you might be listening to that saying, you've got to be kidding me. Like, that's what you feel bad about? Trust me, I've done way worse. I have spanked my kids harder than they should be spanked. I have screamed and yelled at my kids. I have screamed at my children in, I would say, what I would call rage. That was my own pain coming out, my own need for a release, my own trauma coming out, triggered by stressors, you know, in my life environment, debt, and the person I was married to, that situation, and not having enough sleep because of work, et cetera, hormones, whatever. But it came out and screaming at my children. So trust me, I can be right there with you in naming things that I really, really regret. But that memory of the disappointment that she had and that the way I felt talking to her about why I hadn't come down there has never left me. I have other memories that, quote, haunt me, like the kids asking for back rubs and me wanting to give the back rub, but also just needing to rest. You know, I'd worked, I was exhausted, and I'm like, oh, I just can't do it tonight. And then the next night you realize they stop asking. They stop asking for that. And then you think, oh my gosh, it's because I didn't give them a back rub. Or when was the last time they asked? I wish I could remember. I want to go back there. You know, obsessing over that. Picking my kids up late. Does it hurt the kids to have their parent pick them up late? No, it doesn't. Now, not having clear communication about it and doing it chronically, mm, it doesn't hurt them, but it definitely can create a story in their head that they don't matter, et cetera. But the guilt I have, not just over being late chronically to pick my children up from school. It's a specific memory. It's a specific memory of my daughter, Julia, sitting in the principal's office in the lobby area, waiting for me and saying to myself, 
I can't believe you did this again to her. And the look on her face. Hi, Julia. Hi, Mom. I'm really sorry. I know you are, Mom. Let's just go. And then me creating in my head a replay of what it was like as each mom picked up their child one by one. My daughter's out there with all the kids. They're all laughing. They're talking. They're ready to go home. And then less kids and then less kids and then less kids. And then she's watching the last few kids get picked up. And she's looking around and there's hardly anyone else there. And then it's just her. And then the teacher says, it's okay, Julia. Let's go inside. Mommy probably got busy. She'll be here soon. Okay, do I know that that happened? Well, I'm pretty sure it did. But you see the narrative I have created? I've made this into the saddest movie. What if it didn't happen that way? What if she was chit-chatting with her friends and talking with her teacher and laughing about school and said, oh, my mom's not here. No big deal. I don't know. But I do know that that's how I've played it in my mind on a continual loop for years, for years. Again, that's probably something I should have apologized to her for, which I have, by the way, but it's done. It's in the past. And I know you're doing the same thing. I know there are certain memories you have, specific memories that you regret, and you're punishing yourself day after day after day. And we're going to talk about how to clean that up and how to move forward. But I just want you to know that you're not alone. So many moms do this. I would say most moms do. But if there isn't something that sort of haunts you, there's just this overwhelming feeling that we're screwing up, that we're messing them up, we're not doing enough, we are not enough, we're getting it wrong. We've got this whole story that other people are doing it better. If we had a do-over and we had another chance and we could take a mulligan, it would be different. And the truth is, no, it wouldn't. It wouldn't be different. Or if it would be, that same thing would show up somewhere else. Because there are lessons that we are getting and our children are getting through this experience that need to happen. And many of them happen at the cost to our own ego. We are so in love with the idea of being the perfect parent. And and many times we won't call it that. Like we'll say, no, I don't need to be perfect. But truly under the covers, right? Behind closed doors, not the highlight reel, right? The behind the scenes when no one is listening and we're just with ourselves. We actually do wish we could be the perfect parent, that we want to just get it right. And we're never going to. First of all, what is right? There are three ways that we do this. The first is through comparison. The second is perfectionism. And the third is letting our own internal stuff, I'll call it, cloud what we are seeing and cloud our decisions and tell us this lie that we are getting it wrong. And the interesting thing is that third one, our own stuff, it exacerbates the comparison and perfectionism It calls for comparison and perfectionism. It creates comparison and perfectionism. And it's like taking comparison and perfectionism and putting them on steroids. Once we look at this third piece of cleaning up our own stuff, looking inward, finding the real us, we not only won't want to be perfect, we won't need to be perfect. We won't compare ourselves, believe it or not, to other parents. If we do, 
try to be perfect, want to be perfect, want things to be different, compare ourselves. It will be like we've said episode after episode, us pulling into that parking spot, seeing the parking meter. And instead of putting in every coin we got, we'll put in 25 cents or maybe 10 cents or five, or we won't even put any coins in at all. And we will we'll pull out and leave. I promise you, I've seen this myself. I've been working on this shit for years and I can see it in me. And I'm a slow learner because I've been addicted to and in love with guilt and the need and desire to be perfect my entire life. Parenting has just put it on a platform and made it even bigger and harder to fight. But I have made so much progress and I want to help you with this. For years, I didn't just think, oh, I have some mess ups. I have a few experiences with my kids or memories that I really feel bad about and they kind of haunt me, right? Okay, that's putting it mildly. The truth is that, and I thought I was a bad parent. I seriously thought I was a bad mom. I I 100% believed I was a bad mother. I believed that in my heart and I know I'm not alone. I know there are women out there who are, quote, doing well and doing the right things and they're being very efficient and they're, you know, getting their kids on the bus and they're doing everything they're supposed to do and loving their kids well while secretly feeling like they're a horrible parent. Not just, oh, I wonder if I'm messing things up. I wonder if I'm getting this wrong. I wonder if they feel like a bad mom. Okay. So for those of you who can relate to that, I hear you, sister. I see it. I'm you. We are twinsies. Okay. So how have I moved beyond this? It's still a struggle, but besides this journey inward that I'm taking you on now in this podcast, I did something very, very simple. And at the time, it felt like it was not going to do anything. But I started writing down the statement that I am a great mom. I started telling myself that I'm a great mom. On my vision board, I put pictures of me with my kids and I looked at that and said, you're an amazing mom. You're an exceptional mom. You're a wonderful mom. Your kids love you. They love and appreciate you and they think you're a great mom. I said that to myself over and over again and wrote it down over and over again. And I swear to you, it works. I was able to rewrite that story and reprogram my brain. And I really did start feeling like I was a good mom. And again, if you go back to the head trash episode, you'll know that I started collecting evidence to prove that was true. I started looking throughout the day to find evidence to prove that I was a good mom because my story was that I was a bad mom. So what was happening? I was looking through that lens and finding evidence to prove that that story was true. When I flipped that script and I started looking for evidence to prove that I'm not just an okay mom, not just a good mom, not just a not screwing them up mom, but a great mom and that they think I'm a great mom. You guys, the evidence was there. It was there. I went back and I collected, I'm actually looking right now at a few. I collected old cards and notes from my children from when they were little and I put them in my home office. One's kind of far away from me right now so I can't read it without my glasses. But I have two of them right here and I didn't even realize they were there until I said this to you because I'm actually recording my podcast in a different location today. I normally am not at home. And this is how God works, right? I'm talking to you and I glanced over and saw them right there. And there was one from my daughter that says, I cherish you. She would never say that to me, but I read that and realize that she does cherish me. So that's what I did. That was part of it. But the other part was the hard work. Okay, so when we look back at the three 
ways that we sabotage ourselves as parents and, and bring on the guilt and welcome the guilt, bathe in the guilt, shower in the guilt, baptize ourselves in the guilt. It's comparison, perfectionism, and then letting our own stuff cloud us. So let's look first at comparison. We're looking at every other parent and thinking that they're doing it better than us. And every now and then we'll look at parents that we think are horrible parents to make ourselves feel a little bit better. But for the most part, we're comparing ourselves to people we think are doing it better. And we think almost every parent is doing it better than us. Let me just tell you that, first of all, they're thinking the same thing about you. And you have no idea, no idea what's in their heart, what's in their head, and what's going on behind closed doors. It may look perfect because they have the Christmas card out and their kids are all going to the right colleges or they're going to college (laughs) and yours aren't or whatever. But the truth is they have shit. They have pain. They have stories. Their kid could sit on a couch and talk to a therapist for hours too. You don't think so? It's true. Every family has their stuff and every single child has stuff they have to work through like that caterpillar who has to work those wings and make them strong before they can break through that cocoon to be able to fly that struggle every child needs that and so no matter how perfect it looks to on the outside i'm telling you that there's stuff that you don't even see when we look at perfectionism this is the second one with perfectionism we are comparing ourselves to an unrealistic view, version, an unrealistic version of us. That woman does not exist. She doesn't exist anywhere on any level in any realm. When they say comparison is the thief of joy, I would say perfectionism is the killer of peace. So perfectionism is going to court you and entice you and try so hard to get you to believe you are not enough, that you have to be better and you have to constantly get it right. And you and I are buying into this. And if you think you're not, you would not be experiencing mom guilt. You think you don't want to be perfect. You think you just want to be a little bit better than you're doing it, right? I know what you're thinking. I don't really want to be perfect. I'm beyond that. I just want to do better than I am. Once you got there, you would want to be better than that and then better than that. And it would never be enough. It's an insatiable dance with something that is so lethal to your peace. So every parent battles this. And the third is our own unresolved stuff. And if you've been listening to this podcast from the beginning, you know what I mean when I say that. Your own feelings of not enoughness, your own past traumas, little t or big t trauma, your own stories that you created when you were a child about the world, about people, about yourself, about money, about looks, about everything that are not true. The lens through which you see the world, that stuff is not just creating this story that you're not doing it right as a parent. It's feeding the comparison need and the perfectionism need. It's taking comparison and perfectionism and making them so much more powerful than they need to be. You've invited them into your life, and now your own stuff that's unresolved is just feeding them and feeding them and feeding them, and they're just getting bigger and bigger. So the solution, and I'm certain of this, 
is this third piece, looking at ourselves, looking inward, looking inward and saying, what is this stuff that is unresolved? Me feeling that awful feeling when I picture not picking my daughter up from school on time and the disappointment in her eyes and on her heart and in her on her face, that has more to do with me than it does her. She probably was sad. It probably did feel like shit. She probably was embarrassed. She probably did get frustrated that it happened over and over again. But you know what? If you just have the conversation with her and say, look, I messed up a lot and I'm so sorry. How did that make you feel? I'm sure it did. Will you accept my apology? Do you forgive me? Yes, done. Then you and I have to turn around and forgive ourselves. But the biggest question is, why does it hurt us that much? Why does the idea that she's disappointed there waiting alone? I can tell you, I know mine. In fact, I never really thought about it until this minute. As I was just saying that, I realized the reason that haunts me is because I was abandoned when I was a kid. I was always left. I was forgotten. I felt invisible. I didn't feel that I was important or that I mattered or that anyone loved me. So that's why I feel so much pain when I picture my daughter sitting there. Another mom who has a different wound than mine might look at that and say, oh, actually, that didn't haunt me at all. I mean, I felt bad. I'm sort of messing up doing that, but whatever. But she then feels haunted by something else that isn't a trigger for me. You see? So these things are triggers and they're gifts. They're gifts for us to be able to look at ourselves and say, what do I need to heal? Again, this doesn't mean that it gives us a pass from having communication with our children. There are some things we probably would need to resolve with our kids. Me screaming at my kids like that. I've had conversations with them. I've apologized to them, explained to them where it came from. Doesn't take away the pain. It's going to it's gonna be something they need to work through and resolve on their own as adults because I'm sure I created a wound there. But I owned it, apologized, acknowledged, listened to their feelings, and that's all I can do. Except forgive myself. That's the last piece, right? So when we're looking at our own stuff there, it's important that we look inward. We go on that journey. That's why I'm doing this podcast for you to go on this journey with me to look internally at that stuff that's so deep within us and to love ourselves, to free ourselves, to forgive ourselves because that, ladies, hear this, that is parenting. That is momming, taking care of you, forgiving you, loving you, accepting you, flaws and all, that is an exceptional mother. That is the mom your children want. Yes, they want your time. Yes, they want your presence. Yes, yes, yes. But what they really, really want, and they don't even know it, is they want a whole healed woman as their mother. They want you to love yourself. They want you to be free. They want you to be filled with joy. They want a powerful, joyful, and free mom. Because when you are that, then they can also be that. If you and I are dancing with guilt and dancing with guilt and getting in bed with guilt and marrying guilt and having a love affair with guilt, what do you think it's doing to the child? This was the biggest aha for me. I didn't realize that the punishment that I was giving myself, I felt like I was a better mom. Have you felt like that before? Can you relate? I'm a better mom 
because I'm punishing myself because at least I feel bad about it. So I would punish myself over all the things I haven't done well. I haven't done enough. When the truth is that punishment and that dance with guilt was the worst thing I could do as a parent because I've now changed their experience of that, ex- of that situation. I've projected it onto them without even knowing it. And then they're learning that behavior that they should feel guilty about everything, that they should feel that they're not enough, that they should feel like they're constantly screwing up. So the answer is for us to heal. So recently I made a new friend. I've known of Melissa for a while. We were sort of distant acquaintances, but really drawn to each other. Do you know women like that where you just have this attraction? You don't know what it is. And I, you know, life is life and you meet people when you're supposed to and the time apparently wasn't right. But recently we really, really connected and they invited us over for dinner. We went to their house for dinner and As much as I was enjoying the experience of being there, it was like torture because they were doing so well with their kids. Their kids speak multiple languages. Their kids are homeschooled and they're learning things that kids really should be learning that you don't really learn in traditional school in the United States. They were well-mannered. The mom was like very present with the children. They both are, but since we're talking about moms, the mom was very present with the children, eye contact, patient, loves being a mother, you know, waited until she was a little bit older to have kids so she could like really grow herself. All the things I wish had happened. As I was observing her, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so hard. Like I wanted to cry because I'm like, I wish my kids had had this. I was so on edge all the time and so full of anxiety and so full of stress when my children were little. I have so many regrets. I wish I could do it differently. Can you relate? Some of you are listening and you don't even have kids yet or you have little teeny tiny babies. Please keep listening because this will help you for the future. But I know even if you have a one-year-old, you're already feeling like things should have been different. You're regretting your pregnancy, the way you ate, you didn't sleep enough, you were stressed, whatever, right? But as your kids grow, it can either get worse or get better. And I'm telling you, Until I made the decision, it got worse and worse and worse. And then I thought I was over it. And look what just happened. It yanked me right back down. I just told you that I really resolved this and I feel like I'm a great mom. And then just a month ago, sat in someone's home feeling like the shittiest mom on earth. I wish I could do it over. I wish I would have been that kind of mom. She'd welcoming her kids. I would have been like, guys, go. We have friends over. Okay, enough. Go to the basement. Go to the basement. That's really what I would have done. Or I would have been worried that they were interrupting or that they were, you know, not behaving or that people would think I was a bad mom because they weren't dressed well or whatever. When I watched the way she was parenting, it was so beautiful and it was so painful for me to watch. But then I had a decision to make. The decision I had to make was to forgive myself and say, you know what? She also has mom guilt. She also has things that she wishes she would do differently. And there, I'm sure there are things behind closed doors that I'm not seeing. It doesn't have to be something bad, right? But I know that if I asked her, she'd say, Jill, you have no idea. I feel guilty because I work full time. I feel guilty because I don't like to cook because she doesn't. Her husband does all the cooking. She has her own stuff she feels bad about. And the other thing is, if I look for evidence, I can look back through a photo album and see me doing really great things with my kids having picnics in the front yard and reading baskets of books to them and teaching them sign language and 
going on adventures with them and letting them have a war in the kitchen with flour. (laughs) Maybe I think it was pancake mix. Painting their faces for no reason other than they wanted their faces painted in the middle of the day. Letting them wear costumes out in public. Like there are so many things that I did well that I'm so proud of and that's what I need to focus on. I can't stress about the fact that my kids don't speak two languages and they should because I used to be able to speak Spanish fluently. I can't stress or regret the things that I didn't do right or didn't do well enough. It's done. I'm doing the best I can day by day, moment by moment, and so are you. This isn't a podcast where I'm just going to fluff you up and go, you're amazing, you're wonderful, I believe in you. That's all true, by the way. But I'm really looking at you in the eye and in the heart right now. And I am speaking into you. You've got to heal the shit. You have to let it go. You have to find evidence to prove that you are doing well. And the areas where you fall short are the areas that your children need to grow in. They're going to be then adults listening to a podcast one day, working through their own shit. And you didn't cause that. You were just one of the lessons. When I look at parenting, you know, another thing I hear from moms is that they they feel not just guilty for the past, as I said, and for what's happening, but for what they think should be happening in the future, what they think won't happen well in the future because of them. You ladies with young children, I'm telling you, once they get to like 13 to 18, that's the new haunting. That's the new thing that will plague you if you're not careful. And the fear is, oh shit, the time is running out. Like <laughs> the clock is ticking and they're going to be leaving the house. Oh my God. Can I, can I please have another five years? I really just need a crash course. Can we just like cram something in here? Because I forgot. What if I didn't teach them the lessons? What if I didn't prepare them for the world? What do you mean they're going to be on their own? I, 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 I thought I, did I ever tell her about self-defense? Why didn't we ever do a self-defense course? What if someone attacks her? That's my fault. I never had those conversations about love and relationships. I, I was going to. I thought I was going to, but I didn't. Oh, crap. I never even talked about sex. I mentioned it, but I was too uncomfortable and I, I didn't want to have the conversation. And now I really wish I would have. And what about money? Oh, my gosh. We need to talk about money. I mean, she's going to be out on her own soon. We got to cover all this. Like, I literally, when my when my first child graduated from high school and then it happened again with the second one, I wanted to stop and spend a month straight and do a crash course and say, okay, these are the things I never taught you. But then I felt guilty about not doing that. I thought about doing it, but then I felt guilty about wanting to do that or needing to do that. But then I felt guilty about not doing it at all. And I feel guilty even right now as I'm telling you about it because I really think I probably should have done it. (laughs) You know, man, it's just crazy. So as your kids get older, the fear is I haven't prepared them for life. And that's my fault, by the way, and my responsibility. And number two, if they don't go to a good college or they don't go to college at all, that's a reflection on me. Let's talk about that for a little bit. Let's talk about, think about comparison, think about perfectionism, look how it shows up. Women closer to my age, right? I just turned 49. One of the things they worry about, they think about, and they feel guilty about is what their children are going to do after high school. So before we talk about that, let's just back up a minute and I'll just say that as moms, we think we're responsible for the way our kids behave, right? If our kid is well-behaved, it's a reflection on us. 
If our kid is badly behaved, it's a reflection on us. Meanwhile, we were the same parent to both kids. We take on the responsibility of everything they do and they don't do, everything they say and they don't say, every way they show up and every way they don't. It's all on us. The truth is they are independent beings on their own journey, on their own journey of self-discovery, on their own path in this world. And we don't own them. We are vessels and we are teachers. And I know this is a little woo-woo, but I'm going to tell you that this caused a lot of freedom, created a lot of freedom for me as a parent. So years ago, many years ago, my middle daughter had the stomach flu and she was vomiting so much that she became dehydrated. And here I am, a registered nurse working in intensive care. I should have known better. I watched it right before my eyes. I literally watched her become dehydrated. And I rushed her to the doctor and she was so dehydrated that he picked her up, held her, and we physically together walked her over to the pediatric floor to be admitted, okay? And as we were walking, I just was crying and I said, I can't believe I did this, especially being a nurse. And he looked at me and he said, Jill, they're not our children. They're God's children. We've got them on loan for a short amount of time. He's in control, not us. We're doing the best we can. You just need to let it go. And as he said that, it's like God was speaking to me. Have you had moments like that where you're like, uh, that was really weird. (laughs) It was like, it's like God took over that person's body for a minute and spoke directly to me. It wasn't just because the words resonated. They pierced my heart. It was like, oh yeah, that was for me. So anyway, going back to that, when we look at our children as we're getting ready to leave the house, we need to remember that they really weren't ours to begin with anyway. We gave birth to them, or if you adopted your children, you've raised them, but they're on their own path. They're on their own journey. So when we look at the whole topic of college, oh my gosh, I mean, this, this this episode could be hours long. Because we have five kids, 22 to 16, and we love to have people over, our kids bring a lot of other kids over. So we've had so many teenagers in and out of this house. And we love having conversations with them, engaging with them. And I have had numerous teenagers confide in my husband and myself by saying, I don't know if I want to go to college and I can't tell my parents that. Why can't you tell your parents that? Are you kidding me? It would kill them. It would crush them. I said, so you're willing to go spend four years signing up for something that does not align with your heart because your parents want you to do that. I said, what if your parents just want you to be happy? What if you're buying into a story that's not true? No, 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 I could never do that. The pressure that parents are putting on themselves, right, to be good parents, many times is coming through, projected onto the children, and the children feel this enormous weight to be perfect as well. That's why I said, If we heal our own stuff, our kids can heal their own. If we're feeling that we need to be perfect, they will feel they need to be perfect. If we're comparing ourselves as parents, they are going to be comparing themselves to other kids, et cetera. So when I put a post up recently asking moms, it literally just today said, hey, I'm going to do this podcast episode. What are your thoughts? And the comments just showed up. I mean, I don't know. I've got at least 40 comments now. I've got tons of private messages. And (laughs) the theme is the same. I'm effing my kids up, right? I've messed up. I'm a bad mom. But on the topic of college, I had a few women message me privately and say, will you please talk about what it's like as a mother 
when you are the only one whose child chooses not to go to college. Now, I know it's different in different countries, but in the United States, there's this theory, there's this belief that you need to go to a four-year university college to be successful. And I certainly don't buy into that. I'm I'm not anti-college. I think that it's wonderful. It's great. But I don't think any child should go to college if they don't feel that they're ready or if they don't feel called to. My opinion is irrelevant, honestly. The point of this is that if your children choose not to, rather than feeling guilty that your kid isn't going to college, I want you to be proud and stand tall, hold your head up high with your shoulders back because you are a strong enough mother to let them be themselves. Even if you wanted to fight it, you didn't. You're letting them decide for themselves. That is such an awesome way to show up as a parent. So brava to you for that. So there, I will not welcome any guilt stories from any mother whose child is not going to college. What if your child makes bad decisions? I've had that experience. And other people know they've made that bad decisions, like either breaking the law or getting into drugs. Or what if your child, I know a friend whose child made a really bad decision. I won't even say what it is, but it was really embarrassing to her and the whole town knew about it. What if those things happen? Or what if your child is a bully? Or what if your child gets pregnant, you know, when they're unmarried and they're young? What does that mean? It means nothing. (laughs) It means they got pregnant when they were young or they did drugs or that's all it means. We need to stop adding meaning to it because what we do is we add an addendum to that that says, because I suck as a mom, because I caused this, because I didn't pick them up from school on time, that's why they did that. Nope. Now, of course, besides them making these decisions just because it's their own path and their own journey, Absolutely. You know, let's be real. It could be linked to a wound that they have that was created by the story that they told themselves when you did X, Y, or Z. Yeah, your actions absolutely could be connected to that. Me screaming at my kids could have absolutely caused them to feel that they were not enough and that they didn't matter. And then they made a decision based on that 100%. At the same time, it is not helpful for you and I to charge ourselves as guilty for their actions. The process of letting go of that is the same as letting go of your own ego. It's always going to be there. It's never going to go away. But there are times where we can take that ego and set it aside and say, I know you're there. Thank you for telling me that. What is my lesson? You need to be quiet. So that's what we need to do when we look at the actions of our child, when we think that the child is not behaving or being the way we want them to be because it's making us look bad or feel bad as a person, okay? All right, so what are we going to do about this? I would like you, I'm inviting you, and I'm strongly suggesting that you do these three things. Number one, that you grab your journal, get a journal, and list the 10 things that you feel guilty about as a mom. No one else is going to read this. Just be honest, whatever they are. 10 things that you feel guilty about. It could be a memory, an experience, or my child doesn't do well in school. I feel guilty that I work all the time. I feel guilty that I actually love being at work and I don't want to be at home. I feel guilty that I only want to be at home, whatever. What are the 10 things that you feel most guilty about? And if you find yourself wanting to write more, write more, but definitely 10. And then I want you below that to 
answer this question. When I feel guilty about my parenting, I, and then fill in the blank, write about that. How do you feel? How does it show up? What does it do for you? How does it feel in your body? Why do you feel that way? And then we're going to flip it. I want you to write down 10 either memories, experiences, or just 10 things, 10 ways that you are an exceptional parent. And it may be difficult. You may have to hunt for this evidence for a week to find it, but you'll find it. I want you to look for it in your children. If your child comes up and gives you a hug, there you go. I want you to list the things, and you might even want to ask them, hey, Johnny, will you just tell me what are three ways you think I'm a good mom? But I want you to also look within yourself for those answers because that's where the best answers are. Because you really are a great mom. You've just chosen to focus on the opposite. So collect that evidence and then start writing down and start saying to yourself in the mirror, looking in the eye, yes, I know it feels weird, do it anyway, looking at yourself in the eye, in the mirror when no one's around. I am an exceptional mother. I'm a great mom. My kids love and appreciate me. I am such a good mom. I forgive myself for everything I think I've done wrong. It's in the past. And I forgive myself. I'm letting it go. I'm a great mom. Say that over and over again. Do that every day. It'll take you 30 seconds. And I promise you, if you don't do that, then what you're telling me and what you're telling yourself and what you're telling the world is that you want to be a bad mom and you want to believe that you're a bad mom. And if that's true, you need to ask yourself why. I can tell you my reason. I know. No one told me to do what I just told you, okay? I know that the reason I wanted to believe I was a bad mom and I wanted to make sure that story was true was because I had not looked inward and really gone on that journey that we're going on together Because deep down, my belief was that I was flawed. So of course I was a bad mom. How can you be a good mom when you're a piece of shit person? When you don't love or like yourself, you can't be a good mom. You can't believe that you're a good mom. So you're going to find all kinds of wisdom that comes out as you write about this, as you list these things. And, you know, maybe grab a few of your coworkers or a few of your other mom friends, talk about it together, jump on Zoom together and say, okay, what were your 10? I'm going to tell you what mine are and have conversations. And please, please, please share them with me. I won't post anything without your permission, but just share them with me and tell me what insights you've gotten. I have a listener who messaged me a few days ago and said that she listened to the episode on sadness versus suffering with some of her coworkers, their nurses at a hospital. And they were really slow and they listened and she said that they all cried together. And then they had a great conversation just about life in general. And that just makes me so happy to hear. I, I love doing this. It's uncomfortable for me. My fear comes up that, oh gosh, what are people going to think? What if you say it wrong? But I'm doing it because I know it's supposed to happen. And when you give me feedback and you share with me how it affects you and how it processes and integrates into your life, oh my gosh, I just love that. So thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, so let's take a deep collective breath together. And I want you to say right now, before we finish, I am an amazing mother. I'm doing well. 
I'm getting it right even when I'm getting it wrong. Okay, everyone. So before we go to our typical close for this episode, I want to let you know that I am going to share on my Instagram story. You can find me at Jill Herman BU. I'm going to share on my Instagram story over the course of a couple of days after the launch of this particular episode, screenshots of messages with permission and screenshots of comments I have received from women all over the world about what they have been struggling with with regard to guilt as a mom. And when you see these, I invite you to send some positive energy, some love, some good vibes out to the collective, to these women, and to choose to free yourself finally of this and to see that because in front of your eyes, you're seeing what their words are saying, you can never again feel like you're alone and that you're the only mom who struggles with this. And making the decision that you'll not just work on this for yourself and free yourself, but that you will hold space for all of us collectively to do the same. I also want to say that I promised you in the very beginning of this episode that if you listen to the very end, you would find out how you could possibly win that amazing black jacket by Spanx. So here's what you need to do. The jacket, again, is valued at $175. So you need to take a screenshot of this episode, 115, share it on your Instagram story, tag me, Jill Herman BU, share it on your Instagram feed in the gallery, and tag me, Jill Herman BU, but also in your post on Instagram, share what you got out of this. What was your favorite aha breakthrough or takeaway? And you get entered twice if you're willing to share what you have felt guilty about as a mom. Thanks again for listening. And I can't wait to be with you again in just a few days. Thank you so much for joining me on BU. I know there was something in this episode you were meant to hear, so let me know in a DM on Instagram at JillHermanBU. Be sure to subscribe to the BU Podcast. And if you have iTunes, I would so appreciate you rating the podcast and leaving a comment with your biggest aha or takeaway. Sharing a screenshot of this episode on your story is the best way for us to reach women just like you. And if you send a link to a friend, let her know what unique quality she has that the world needs more of. If this is your first visit, welcome to our BU Collective, where we get honest about what it takes to find our true self so we can set her free and start living.